and they're yelling at me. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then like, you're still yelling at me. Okay, now I'm angry. Welcome, everyone, and pull up a seat at the table. It's lunchtime in Rome. Tonight's episode 211, entitled Too Much Hurt. What happens when you want to love others, when you want to feel loved, but you just can't? What happens when you've just been too hurt, when you've been hurt too much and there's nothing left to give? Uh, We'll find out all about that tonight as we discuss it. So pull up a seat at the table and join us. First time listeners, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or watch us live or later at youtube.com forward slash lunchtime in Rome. Visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com. And while there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all social media. And it'd be great if you give us a five star review. Jay, what specifically is this podcast about? Being alone is the worst. Good times aren't as good and bad times are worse when you're all alone. Romans 12, 15 says to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. <laughs> that is how you keep people from being alone and what this podcast is all about. We demonstrate that in the first 15 minutes or so of the podcast. We talk about it for the rest. Then you give us a five-star review. Yeah. So while it may not be 12, 15 in Rome, we're treating it like it is lunchtime in Rome. What happened with the five-star review? Did I miss it? No, I just was putting my hand up. Oh, oh yeah. Five. That's why I said it. Yeah. I oh, we're good. It's a reminder. Hi. Ah, uh, you know, we almost made it four um, weeks in a row. Yeah, with, with all of us here. With all of us here. Sans Chris tonight. Yeah. But he, he is, is celebrating his bride and her birthday. 72 hours of birthday. Yeah, right. Wait, it's somebody's birthday today. Hold on. Go ahead. All right. Speaking of birthdays, I had mine. Had a lot of Happy fun. Bir- Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Um, and went down to the south side. Amy got a room at Hotel Indigo. She invite um, you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, went to Pins Mechanical, which is a really fun, uh, I'll say, amusement place. Um, they have a bar, and they have all these old ar- arcade games. And <laughs> amusement, pin- place. <laughs> amusement place. Amusement um, place. And duck pin bowling and pinball. And, like, I'm talking, like, old school arcade games, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, oh, do you remember that pizza game? I can't remember the name of it, but like re- like old like when you were growing up, like you would know like the Atari, games. yeah, and then like but like Nintendo like Nintendo era of video games, really really fun. Um, yeah, don't worry about it, I ruined it. Um, but it was a, it was a, it was a famous game anyway. Um, like Paperboy, remember Paperboy? No, I didn't remember no, Paperboy. Paperboy? Absolutely, no. come Everybody on, kid. Paperboy is awesome. What about the Burger Game? Burger Time. I'm thinking Burger Town. Yeah, not pizza. Wasn't That's why. Burger I, Time. Burger Time. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Where was I? I don't know, man. That was That's, a standalone. It's like heyday. I mean, that was yeah, hmm. yeah. Well, I didn't have Nintendo. I didn't no, either. I'm but my friends had Nintendo. Yeah, it was arcade. I didn't have Nintendo either. I went from Atari to Sega Genesis. Hmm. Um. It was all, like all my post Space Invaders, Asteroids. That was Atari. No, I'm saying standalone game I know, era. But like, Donkey Kong. Yeah, that era. Coleco. Yeah. Um, Donkey Kong. And then it was in like maybe, it was in that quirky, they got cartoony. So Paperboy, Burger Time. Yeah. A little uh, bit better Dragon's graphics. Lair. Dragon's Lair. I know the name, but I don't, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> oh, That was a game. Taking you back. 
I wonder if they have it. That'd be interesting. Um, but we met up with my cousin Calvin and his wife Natalie, and we just had a great time just talking because we haven't had we talked about it. We haven't had like one on one time with them since Maggie was born, and I was like, wow, we need to do better. Um, and uh, then we had uh, dinner at Ginny's neighborhood pizza joint on Saturday night with you guys, and that was awesome. Um, and it was just a great birthday. Um, went to the lot on Sunday with my family, and it was delicious. And there really is something about like the price of the lot at lunchtime. Before dinner, yeah. Before dinner, it's like reasonable. It's a um, great spot. It is a great spot. And we were outside. It was a little warm, but it was it was really good. Um and then tonight Yes, tonight. I went up this evening. I went up to church to throw a little bit mm-hmm. with Maggie. And those stinking pressing <clears throat> on people were there. <laughs> no, it was, it was that was fine. Um and uh I cannot. I I don't understand disc golf. Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to work on my backhand, and uh, I don't know. I don't. I gotta have you watch me again because I feel like I'm doing all of the things, but it's it's not all clicking. Right. You know. Well, I was watching. I've been frustrated with my putting since I started disc golf, and you got me the Power Disc Golf Academy, and it was sort of helpful. But I still, I think I was getting away from it. It had been a while since I watched the putting videos, so I watched it again this afternoon, and I was like, okay, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And so I went out in the backyard again, and I was like, oh, that's why I don't do that because that is one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever done in my life. And mm. I know, like, if you want to try something new, it's going to be uncomfortable. Right. Like, it's as unnatural of a throwing motion as it could possibly be. Yeah. So then after I had my meeting, I went and I stopped the, ch- the church real quick and I figured out like, oh, okay, that's what I'm doing wrong. And I was like, yeah, I'm never going to do that right. <laughs> like I was uh, thinking yeah. I wanted to watch the video with you so you could watch me. Yeah. Because I didn't know what I was doing wrong, but it's kind of using the elbow as the hinge point in the putt. Hmm. And so it doesn't matter. So you no, know, it's I'm, interesting because I uh, I was throwing from like dumpster side to the. And grass. I'm talking putting, not yeah. Putting. I know I'm right. driving, um, and I was getting to the grass, but then like I threw my beast forearm and I got like and I feel like this is the first time I got to like the edge of the woods going into, into that pit with your forearm with my forearm. Oh, your forearm's far superior to your backhand. I know, but I'm like I just want to, but it's not that much further. Like it's not a ridiculous distance from where I was throwing backhand. And I'm right. like I just want to throw that far with my backhand. Sure. You should right. want you should be able to do that. Right. And something there are not, people who are shaped not like you and bigger who do that very easily. Yeah. So it's not a body type, it's not a body shape. Right, right. It's something I'm something doing. Something we're missing. Yeah, something's not clicking. So It is kind of crazy though. I figured out. Like with with the putting, it, here's an instructional video. Right from pros, from from proven techniques, and Step you go to you go to do it, it from the bottom, and you go to do it, and it's so awkward and even maybe painful, and like it just feels so unnatural to you. Mm-hmm. So, like learning that muscle memory, like you know, like what do you do at that point? Do you just go, I'm going to do it the way that I feel comfortable with? Maybe try to implement this over time, or just what, disregard it. What I'm doing is well, two things. I'm taking the principles of it, but applying it to what I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. But also, I think I realized it's it's a that I I'm trying to I'm basically there's two types of putts, and I was trying to force one type of putt into the other, and so I'm going to rewatch the other type of putt and see if that's maybe what I'm more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So, but it's interesting because just because I can disc golf doesn't mean 
I know how to teach disc golf. Mm-hmm. And this week is the beginning of my golf mm-hmm. coaching, mm-hmm. as I mentioned last week. And I've always said, hey, I know how to golf. I don't know how to coach golf. You know, I know how to coach volleyball after 26 years. Well, let me tell you what's frustrating. Two things. Coaching volleyball, where you get absolutely brand new players or very beginner players, and you have so much to coach them. Mm -hmm. That's frustrating. It's overwhelming. It's it's daunting. Three days into golf, I will tell you what is also very frustrating. Not being able to coach them because the way it's set up, the, the course where we go, we have a tea time and we show up and then they go play. And we can't break it down. There's a. It's not like going to the driving range. Well, they have a range, but there's a uh, youth golf camp there this week. So we can't use the range this week. And A, they're used to just playing. And so you can say something, but you're in the middle of a round. Oh, I don't know if you know this, but I like to golf quickly. (laughs) So now not only I'm not even playing, but I'm in charge of two groups of guys. So two tee times playing golf. Not well, because they're not very good. Some of them also slowly while there are regular people waiting behind us. Right. It's a great time. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds like it's right up your alley. I've had to calm myself down so many times. I'm like, Jay, Jay, this is Balf. Balf is always crowded. Uh So it's okay that they're behind you. Just keep it moving. Right. Well, now I can't even stop and show a guy something that I may or may not even be accurate or it just works for me, but maybe it doesn't work for him or he's not near the level of where I am, where I can say, well, just take it two clubs down, open up your club face, but drive it lower so that it goes left to right. And you'll roll it up onto the green rather than just use an eight iron, which you think would use a normal, you know what I mean? Right. Like, huh? Right. <laughs> but, and there's a couple kids who are kind of hard headed and don't want to listen anyhow, but there's this one kid who's very unassuming. He's a senior. So he's pretty much a young man. He's, nobody's good. Nobody's good on the team. There's nobody that's good. There's a couple kids who aren't really bad. Mm-hmm. Like we have 11 guys. And from what I've seen and been told, because two guys are still on vacation, there's like three that we could never possibly use in a match. Like they won't complete a hole. But oh, the other on, eight can can be bad. I'll be sure to make make sure that Nick listens to this episode. I hope he does. Because he's. <laughs> I said to him, you know, talk about like, I got out of coaching because I hated being in conflict. Now, mm-hmm. I know Nick's mom is a very nice lady and she mm-hmm. likes me. Mm-hmm. But I tried to teach him something. And he argued with me the first time. Yeah. And then the second time, he was like, yeah, but I mean, I'm just going to do what I want. Yeah. And I said, Nick, you know me and you know I know you. I said, I am about to pick you up and throw you onto the <laughs> ground as hard as I can. Yeah. And that's when another kid said, yeah, Nick, what's your problem? And I turned and I said, Gavin, I said, did I ask you to be my backup? <laughs> I said, I don't think I did because Gavin's got a little bit of an edge to it. But I say all that to say this. This other kid, definitely not Nick. Unassuming. He's not great. He's fine. He's got potential. He's about 100 yards from the green. Last hole today. And there's a bunker in front. Then pins behind the bunker. And the green goes off to the right. And I said, I said, buddy, I said, what's your goal here? And he goes, to, uh, to, to get it on the green. <laughs> and I said, I know. But what are you aiming at? Are you aiming at the flag? Or are you aiming for the center of the green? And he goes, the flag. And I said, okay. But they're baiting you into it. Because if you're just short, it's going to go in the bunker. I said, if you pull it a little bit left, you're going to miss the green. It's going to roll down that hill. I said, rather, aim for the middle. Then if you pull it, ah, it's closer to the green or closer to the hole. If if you miss it a little to the right, you're still on the green. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, 
Okay. And I'm like, see, that's all I'm asking for. I just want right. to be able oh, to okay. coach a little that's bit. That's all right. you need. Yeah. And at least it didn't <laughs> say not to hit the bunker. Right. Because that's like, true. That's <laughs> negative. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. to hit the bunker. So then I went around. I was talking to the assistant coach who it's he's done it for a couple of years, retired guy, really understands golf and coaching. I mean, and so it's fun to be with him. And I'm standing there telling him that as the ball comes flying over the green, I was like, ah, oh, that's <laughs> the one thing we didn't talk about. I was like, left, right, short. He's like, really? Watch this coach. Smack it over. <laughs> so that's been my experience. Yeah. I, I would love, well, nah, I, I don't want to say I'd love to be inside your head while you're doing this, but oh, it's man. No, like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Nah. First, well, and first of all, you're ball golfing, which you don't hate, but it's not disc golf. Nah, and disc golf. you're on the golf course, like you said, with people behind you. Like if you're on a if you're on a disc golf course, chances are you could stop and teach you know, for an hour, right? Yeah. And, and so none of those things are available. It sounds horrible. You just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I ran into the father of a girl girl volleyball player that I coached in my first year as head coach. He pulled me aside. You're Jay Midlow. I'm like, yeah. Saw a kid who graduated in 2003 who knew a bunch of the people that I knew. You know, so it's like, because we're out right in Penn Hills. Yeah. So, right. I mean, it's... Three lakes, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. They have a pavilion now, which I didn't know about because their main banquet hall... Where the pool used to be? Yeah. Yeah. But it's a permanent structure. Yeah. It's really nice. And it their, is. Their yeah. bar, snack bar is very nice. Their main banquet hall is what? Oh, it was... Can't it, use it, it got flooded. That's yeah. when... Where the bridge was. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So they just shut it down. Huh. Whole building's closed. The wow. whole building. That whole building. Oh, really? Can't wow. even get into it. That's a shame. They're going to have to like condemn it and tear it down or I something? I don't know. I didn't uh, ask. I, uh, I would assume so at some point. Yeah. Unless, huh. they, unless they like re- redo it. But um, So Ethan has been driving and he's over the past week, he's about doubled the amount of time that he's driven since he, from the time that he got his permit in March. So... <clears throat> From March until this past week, he had about seven hours. Now he's got fifteen and a half over this All last right. week. And we did get your we did get your guy uh, Dave. Oh um, yeah, yeah. So Ethan had a lesson yesterday morning at seven a.m. and he had one this morning at eight thirty. And uh, Dave came to the door and oh no, yeah. Today was the day they went up to Katanning. Dude, twenty eight. Yeah, they they went. Um, 3DR guy. Ah, so smooth. Ah, sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you. But that's, I want to give a shout out to I Am Groot. Hey, Groot. uh, He is. He's arrived. Watching. He's a 3DR guy. He's at the table. He's at the table. Buddy. He is a a tree. (laughs) Yes. So anyway, 28. 28 up to Catanon. Yeah. And then he got back and I had a um, chiropractic appointment today, which is out 22, you know, get off at Monroeville, uh, out past the hospital. And each of them was like, huh. <laughs> you have a chiropractic appointment. I, th- I think my back needs to be adjusted too. So I was like, "Really? You need to go oh, in?" Oh, he wanted to drive. I mean, legitimately, he did need to need to be adjusted. But yeah, he so he drove. He did twenty two. He or uh, he did the Parkway to um, forty eight and back. So I, I did that with him. He he's doing really well. It's so scary. His teacher. I felt pretty good with him. His teacher, like this morning when they got back from Catanning, he was like, he could drive anywhere. He's like, I. He was like, at one point. I was actually doing work on my phone. I wasn't even thinking about what Ethan was doing driving. So. And we're paying you? <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave's a real good dude. Yeah, he seems pretty cool. They were just in Myrtle Beach last year, so we or last week, so we started talking about Myrtle Beach and stuff and how we were down there recently. And um, yeah, that's I made some wings tonight in the air fryer 
and they were really good. Haven't done that before. So that's awesome. That's the kind of stuff that you enjoy and you get to celebrate and love. And sometimes when you're in traffic, you get angry and all of those things are good and normal emotions. But every once in a while, when we have our emotional needs, which if you're not sure what they are, look them on our website. Uh, they're all listed in deep, um, the, uh, take the relational needs questionnaire <laughs> on our website and then you will get your top emotional needs and you will get a description of each with that. Mm -hmm. So um, when those needs aren't met or they're taken from you, that is what you mean when you say, hey, that hurt my feelings. Well, those hurts go four places, anger, fear, guilt, and self-condemnation. The only problem is they don't go anywhere. They just keep building. And so eventually you're over full. You're, you're all full on hurts. And then you can't really feel anymore. Sometimes you're in it, you're enabled to love. And so what happens at that point is many different things. And we wanted to take some time tonight to really look at that partially from a scholastic standpoint, but also for an application standpoint, because some people are just, you're not aware of it. You're not aware that, man, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm all, I'm all full. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, in church on Sunday, I told the story of when I told my mother that I had been hurt by one of my siblings and I said, mom, don't you care? And she said, honey, I can't. <laughs> you're the fifth, you're the fifth child out of five kids that are right. across the board with. Right. She was, and, and she was being, and, it was wonderfully honest. Right. Yeah. Damaging to me, but honest. Yeah. And I think if we're being honest, yep. there's times in our lives where you're like, wow, I, I really want to care, but it doesn't mm. always come out as that. Right. So. We want to take a look at that tonight. So we're going to do that. Um, the first choice, not choice, there are one, two, three, three categories of ways, um, or should we say manifestations of a full cup. If, you're, if all of your emotions went into a cup, we call it the emotional cup. And you're at capacity, and now it's overflowing. So what comes out of the top of the cup? And that is basically four different categories. The first being, oh, and I wanted to point this out. We are talking tonight to people who maybe have never sat at the table with us before. People who are only in the very beginnings of understanding emotional needs, hurts, all that stuff. There are doctoral theses, not a word, theses, that's better, <laughs> that go into detail in each and every one of these. So we are not doing this as per the doctoral scholastic viewpoint. We're doing this. So if you're sitting at the bar tomorrow night, you can turn to your buddy and go, you know, <laughs> I think your problem is. So I just want to get that out of the way first. <laughs> so nobody wall actually yeah. is us at any point in yeah. time. Cool. Cool. Good. So the first one is emotional trauma. Now, by definition, trauma is when what you're experiencing is more than you can handle in any given moment. I'm using it in a much more, we're using it in a much more um, general term. If your hurts go to anger, then typically your hurts go to one of those four places. They can go to all four, but typically they go to one. Then you will find yourself, if you are in experiencing emotional trauma, meaning, hey, my cup is overflowing. Would you review again where those negative hurts, what, what are the four? Hurts go to fear, guilt, anger, and self-condemnation. Fear being, oh my gosh, I'm afraid it's going to happen again. Anger, I'm mad that this happened to me. Self-condemnation. Um, 
I'm not worthy of even having that need met. And then guilt, it's my fault that I got hurt. It's my fault that my need didn't get met. So if your hurts go to anger, then all of a sudden you find yourself to being just completely irritable. You're hostile. Everything bothers you. Mm-hmm. You're you're the guy screaming and yelling in traffic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it traffic is the perfect illustration for so many. It's a good barometer. So many. Whether it be your need for respect, Although, security. <laughs> mine often go to guilt or self-condemnation. In traffic? In traffic. No. Oh. That goes to anger. <laughs> like, traffic's a little different from me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So, it, yeah. Right. Because I, I do have a need of, of a, some respect. Right. I feel like it's all in the car. <laughs> but it goes to anger, though? Like, you get angry yes! in the car? Okay. I get ticked. Okay. Yeah. Right, because, like, probably the highest need for respect that you ever have is when you're driving. Oh, yeah. Or. Only. And acceptance. You, because maybe I did something wrong and they're yelling at me. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then like, you're still yelling at me. Okay. Now I'm angry. <laughs> but see, that's interesting. Yeah. For many reasons, because then it's flipped the switch for people who have not loved you, even though you've made a mistake in the past. And mm-hmm. this driver is now adding to that list. So that's why you're getting angry mm-hmm. as it is. Gotcha. So if you find yourself to be very hostile, very, uh, aggravated, irritable, that's probably because your cup is full mm-hmm. and your hurts go to anger. However, if your hurts go to fear, that's where anxiety and depression kick in. And again, in the most rudimentary terms, anxiety is the worst possible thing is going to happen. Oh my gosh, this is going to go bad. This is terrible. The, the worst outcome is on its way. And I, I have to say it a thousand times. Anxiety and depression are much more than this. Yeah. But we're saying as it applies to a day-to-day life. Right. You know, depression is, you know what? It is the worst case. It's always going to be the worst case. There's no way out of it. I really like how you put it on the paper here, though. Uh, Anxiety, constant fear of worst case scenario. Anxiety is a constant fear of a worst case scenario. And depression, resolute or resolved to the worst case scenario. So... Anxiety, oh, the worst is always, it's it's just going to happen. It's always going to happen. And you know what? I'm resigned. I'm resigned to that. It's just going to happen. That's, a, that's such a black hole, and it's horrible. I said, this maybe is the application of those terms, is maybe the way we're putting it. But, you know, my one of my life mottos, shout out last two weeks, is, you know, you're fine until you're not fine, and then you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's mired in anxiety and near depression is I'm not fine until I'm fine, but even then I'm not going to be fine. I'm not <laughs> right. fine. Gosh, that is such a That's horrific, really accurate yeah. representation. So the second category, if we have emotional trauma, you know, it's just all too much, is being numb. Mm-hmm. Absolutely being numb. Um, yeah. Why are you breathing? Well, <laughs> because I found myself... After the COVID, like during during probably 2021 and 2022. So after the rage of 2020 wore off. Yeah. Well, I guess 2020 was more the... the Irritable, hostile. Oh, yeah. I wanted... I, I, every, I was so angry at everything. And then um, up until probably like May of last year, um, it was angry and then numb both together at the same time somehow like i would i would alternate between i'm i'm so angry at everything but i'm also numb 
So, well, that's I'm, interesting because it's sort of a combo. Oh, it was a bad one. In that, I'm angry and I'm, you know, I'm irritated and I'm hostile. So I'm definitely feeling something. Mm-hmm. I'm still engaged. It's not good. My cup is overflowing of negative. Mm-hmm. But then when the positive comes, it's almost a yeah, but. Yeah. So you're oh, yeah. numb to the uh, positive. Right. right. Oh, but you're alive to the negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. this is a horrible place to be. So with these, speaking of being emotionally numb, and that's the honey, I can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's the honey, I can't response. You know, the, the reason why this happens, what your body, what your mind is doing is it's detaching. It's protecting. You know, that's the, right. the mannequin phase of trauma mm. um, where you go, wow, this really would suck if I was actually paying attention to it. You know, and this is even the hysterical laughter. It's That's a version of that. Wait a I have to laugh because this is so terrible. Mm. What's well, up, funny? Right. But you're detaching. Oh, I, I can only see the humor in this. Of course this would happen. Hmm. Um, when I pulled up Monday morning to the first day of golf practice, we've had gorgeous weather. It's been unbelievable. I'm in the parking lot the first day of golf practice at 8 a.m. By the way, you guys know how much I love to be up early. Mm. Skies open up, pours down rain. Now, I wanted to say, of course, yeah, of course, this Monday morning, right? But because my cup is not full, I was able to pause and literally say to myself, what a great opportunity to overcome. <laughs> oh, this is outstanding. This is, I'm going to have a positive influence on these young men today. Here we go. Well, if I'm numb, it's, oh, of course, it's open. Right. Right. And then it makes everybody else miserable around you. Well, that's the outward. Yeah. Well, if we look at the inward purpose, that's to detach, to protect so that I don't hurt anymore. If I don't care, you can't hurt me. Mm-hmm. But the outward ramifications, you're not able to be loving. You're not able to be there for other people because you've shut off. If meeting somebody's needs is is loving them and, and having your heart join with them, to rejoice with them when they rejoice and mourn with them when they mourn, if you've severed your the connection between your brain and your heart, mm-hmm. Your heart ain't your your heart's dying. It's literally dying. There's no life in it. Mm. So you become this emotional eunuch. Oh, mm. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> the emotion. That's a good band. <laughs> <laughs> they just stand up there all blank. <laughs> you know what they don't play with? They don't play with heart. Um, or anything <laughs> else. <laughs> Still a PG podcast. Oh, I, I mean. So uh, when I once was sh- showing the emotional cup to people and I talked about emotionally numb, uh, a friend of mine, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> he was just like, he's like, oh, absolutely. He goes, there's times where I'm like, wow, that should really piss me off. Whew, glad it doesn't. And then he goes, something good will happen. And I'm like, wow, that would be nice. <sighs> oh, well, anyhow, and just moves on. Mm-hmm. Huh. So any other thoughts on being numb? Mm-mm. No. No, I'm kind of numb to it. I'll now. tell you what's interesting, an illustration that I just thought of. Because I, you know, there's that weird <laughs> that's another clinical term, random disease where like people can't physically feel things and like their nerves are, oh, are yeah. messed up. They can't feel pain and stuff. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, man, that would be awesome. Yeah. Until you find out that they slam their hands in car right. doors. Right. They get bed sores. You're supposed to feel pain so that you can not, not have like to stop have doing trauma. the thing. Right. Right. And so think of the illustration of that to emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, it causes more damage. Mm-hmm. And 
you, you think about people that are that are so numb, they get into terrible relationships. They stay in terrible relationships. They get put themselves in risky behaviors just so that they feel something. Yeah. I had a, I had a boss once and we were, we were working together and, uh, I mean, he was, he was pretty big up in the company and, um, he, he slipped somewhere when we were out doing something and so, it sounds so clandestine. Well, uh, no, no, Keep going. Yeah. So strip club. And like he, he, he banged himself real hard off this truck, like, like his elbow. And like, he didn't react at all. I was like, man, that had to hurt. He's like, I, I, all my feelings are gone and I'm just going to go F myself. And it was like, like wow. he, he, he said it wanting me to kind of laugh, but like at the same time, like it was an, the an, saddest it, thing ever. It was, it was, like, it was an absolute <laughs> window in his soul. Yeah. And uh, I was like, wow, I don't want to ever be like that. He's like, one of his other things was like, I got one feeling left and you're killing it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. I believe I do. Well, that narrows it down. Um, <laughs> what's funny about that yeah. is that gives me a window into like, like if you're the employee, you're like, I don't think I want to work here. <laughs> Too much longer. Certainly like, don't want to do what this guy does. Right. Like if I get to the next level, this is what I'm facing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'll not say anything. So, if not that he'll ever listen to the podcast, but um, it might. Maybe you have will. no idea. People come come out of the woodwork I, just to I, sit at the table. I, I love that guy. Me too. Yeah, you don't want to switch places with him. No, I'm I'm good with him. <laughs> <laughs> Another category is controlling and obsessive behavior. So, if you think about it, emotionally numb is sort of detaching and being resolute. Uh, I'm checking out. The opposite of that is controlling an obsessive behavior. Think of the the illustration being the person drowning. You know, they're going to clamor. They're going to they're going to do everything they can to make sure this never happens again. Their inward purpose is protection from future pain. They are going to be hyper controlling. They are uh, going to handle and manhandle any variable that could affect their emotions. Protection from future pain. I love the way that you put that because recently, I, recently I've been really challenged with, again, all we have is right now. The past is the past and the future is unpredictable. Like you, it's not there. So if we're, if we're constantly bringing the past into right now, we're bringing a lot of, we are bringing all those hurts in, right? So why are we living hurt right now when we could be letting a lot of that, a lot of that go and healing from it? Aha. Uh-huh. Thank you to get to that point. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. the old no, let no. it go thing. No, 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 no. no. Like... But, but I mean, like, we, we work on healing those those past hurts. But, you know, we still are bringing those into right now. If we're living in the future, it's what what anxiety and fear could be there. Sure. You know, like, you bring so much anxiety and fear because you don't know what it is. You know, if you don't have, if you don't have trust or if you don't have a vision or something you're working towards, it can be very fearful to live in the future. Right? Mm-hmm. So I love what you're saying about protection from future pain by, of somebody that has a cup that's emotionally overflowing. If their past is so traumatic, so many hurts. And then they're living, protecting themselves from every moment from this moment on, they're living to protect themselves from being hurt. And that's like why they're doing the behaviors that they're doing. Dude, that is, that's heavy. And that, that's a horrible way to live. It just hit me like real fresh. Yeah. 
like you're constantly living in this reality that may never happen because you you're so hurt from your past that that's how you feel like your whole future should be. You probably have a high sense of high need of security. I would imagine. I would imagine. Um, So, well, and I think the way to look at it with your timeline sort of illustration is, you know, we need to prepare for the future. We need to be in the present, making sure we're healthy for the future. Mm -hmm. Right. You can't just wing the whole future. You got to. By addressing the past. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best way to marry all three. Mm -hmm. Like right now, we, we can't change what happened. Nope. And we can't control what's coming. Nope. But right now, all we can do is get healthy as possible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with respect to what has happened in the past, but in preparation for the future, if we don't get healthy, one of the things that may happen is we become this controlling, obsessive mm-hmm. uh, person. That's in constant people. fear. Right. And so what they do is they steal needs, the outward manifestations of somebody who is controlling and obsessing. They have a high need of security. Okay. Then they're going to call you 25 times a day to make sure you're okay, to make sure mm-hmm. where you are. They have a high need of affection. Come and hug me. Give me a kiss. Tell me that you love me. You know, high need of belonging. You're going to be checking the other person's phone all the time to make sure they're not cheating on you and to see what they're doing and are the relationships okay. They're going to ask a thousand questions and is everything okay? And how was your day today? Was it a good day today? Or was it a bad day today? <laughs> uh, if they have a high need of uh, you know, I don't know. All of them, they steal the need. That's the drowning person as well, because they're just clamoring and scratching and clawing. They're going to do everything they can to avoid hurts in the future. And the other manifestation is it becomes an increasing activity and behavior. Again, like the drowning person, mm. it's not effective. It does not help them. It does not satiate. Mm-hmm. It only amplifies. And it ruins relationships. Mm. And if your high need is acceptance, being loved, even though you've made a mistake, security, having peace in relationships, peace in life, belonging, knowing that you matter because of somebody, because of how you matter to somebody, the relationship you have with somebody, or even a general level of respect. If you call me 25 times a day to make sure everything's okay, and I'm eventually, guess what? I'm not going to call you back. No. Well, if you have a high need for respect, guess what? You're going to feel disrespected. Right. You're not going to feel loved. You're not going to do it. So then eventually, guess what? You're going to fill my cup with your hurt. So our individual cup of our relationship in between us. Mm. And if I choose to detach, I choose to, or even healthily put up a border and a boundary. Well, that relationship's ruined now. Mm-hmm. So the very thing that you are working to protect, you're actually actively sabotaging hmm. it's amazing how subtle self-sabotage or sabotage can be mm-hmm. and then if your hurts go to self-condemnation in the middle of the night you're blaming yourself to a degree rightfully so but the reality is it's the ramifications of the hurts that were impressed upon you so it isn't i mean it is your fault dot, 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 right now right but it's not your fault because you're preconditioned and you've been hurt and you have no other way to deal with this because you don't know how because you haven't yet checked into a podcast called lunchtime in rome which talks about it Hmm. so now you're all accountable thank you uh beyond that we have sort of a catch-all category so we've gone over the first three emotional trauma which is irritability hostility anxiety depression being emotionally numb detached the controlling obsessive behavior and then finally really complex and or other (laughs) manifestations uh, the first one being like sleeping and eating disorders. 
there's sort of a combination because on the one hand, an eating disorder is a, and I learned this in college uh, through a friend, that it's a control. There's nothing in it. So we could throw cutting in there as well, mm-hmm. self-harm, mm-hmm. that I can't control anything in my life, but I can control this. Mm. This razor blade on my skin. I know. Uh, but that also goes with being numb. Mm-hmm. I can't feel anything. Right. Cut. Oh, I feel that. Yeah. Um, and then as far as sleep disorders, I mean, I think that's relatively self-explanatory, but that can also go to anxiety, depression, uh-huh. and you can also combine them. Uh, I, we want to spend a minute on the next one, which are just physical ailments. You have upset stomach. Mm-hmm. You have a headache. You have chronic back pain. You have irritable bowels, for lack of a better term. It's amazing how these get treated with medicines. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, before we go any further, blah, 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 that that is treating Assuming that the cause is trauma, is stress, is your for, again, bringing it back to lunchtime in Rome terms, your cup being full, mm-hmm. all you're doing is treating the symptoms, not the root cause. Right. And it's, and it gets, when you talk about complex manifestations, we look at, oh, I'm depressed, I'm anxious. So what did it give you? An SSRI. Mm-hmm. Well, where are, I think it's something like 65% of your SSRI receptors. They're in your stomach. Well, all of a sudden, now you have an upset stomach. Oh, okay. So let's give you a pill to fix the pill that was supposed to fix the anxiety and the depression, mm-hmm. which actually just numbed you out and mellowed everything out. I am not anti-SSRIs. I am vehemently against the overprescribing mm-hmm. of F- SSRIs. Right. You know, oh, my neck is sore. It's tense. I have these migraine headaches. Okay, we can take a pill. We can also go to the chiropractor. We can also do everything else. But why are you having these headaches? It's from the cup being over full the same thing with the stomach issues outside of ssris but indigestion and you know all of the things that go with that there is a book that we talked about a couple years ago the body keeps the score the, did you ever get one it? of the two books that you read in your life i haven't read the whole way <laughs> <laughs> no i've read all's quiet on the western front and uh the wild, bible wild at heart there's got to be parts of the bible i haven't read yet uh, and the reason why I stopped reading The Body Keeps the Score, so it was written by a guy, doctor, you can look it up if you would, so much tech guy. Uh, here, ready? Let's see where it is. Vanderscoot. <laughs> That's my guess. <laughs> Let's all say it aloud at home whenever we find it. But he understood and really wanted to research and talk about what are the physical ramifications. Vanderscoot is actually pronounced <laughs> Jones. Vanderkolk? Oh, that's not bad. Vanderkolk. What is it? Right here. I can't see it. V-A-N-D-E-R-K-O-L-K? Oh, Vanderkolk. Kolk. Bessel Vanderkolk. Bessel Vanderkolk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Russell. Oh, yeah. RVD. That's Rob Van Dam's old tag team partner. Anyhow... Look it up. Great book. Amazing. A little brainy in the beginning, like talking about the parts of the brain and whatnot. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Please do. Uh, Use promo code LIR to get nothing off. (laughs) So he really goes into depth, and it's a fascinating read if you're into brain stuff. It is readable. Joe and Leah got it. 
after I got it because Leah wanted to look at it from some of the trauma she's experienced in her life. And both of them were like, I didn't get past the brain chapter. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. You know, and they both quit reading it. I read it all the way until he gets to the solution. And that is the reason why I quit is because it was so amazing, his solution and what it takes that I got frustrated because I was like, well, where's that magical place? Like, mm. there is no place that right. does all these things in this regard for now. He's also dealing with, I mean, severely traumatized people. Right. But to learn what, how it all manifests and how the body gets um, affected by trauma, it's a great read in that regard. Um, and I'm not saying to don't go to chiropractor. I'm not saying don't take an as not to not take an aspirin for your right. headache. But we still have to make sure that we look at the root cause. Yeah. And with any complex problems, there's there's very much a root cause and other causes, you know, that, that are contributing to the complexity of that thing. So like you said, you know, yeah, you can take an aspirin, but make sure that like the aspirin's not going to treat that root cause. No. You have to dig down to More find the root or the roots of, of that cause. Absolutely. So we have underneath complex manifestations, the sleeping, eating, bodily harm disorders, physical ailments, and then the escape behaviors, which I think to a large degree, um, these have two different uh, sides of the pendulum stigmas oh. and or well, because one is substance addictions, mm -hmm. you ne know, it's a negative one. Yeah, you're drinking, you're doing drugs, you're taking Xanax, you're mm -hmm. doing whatever you can. And everybody goes, oh, well, look at them. Mm -hmm. um, um. And again, that's also a form of detaching. It's numbing. It's, it's, it's numbing is exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. But the other is when people get obsessed with work or exercise. Yeah. Oh, look at that guy. He's working He's so hard. He's a real go-getter. Oh, they're tell you. always at the gym. Look at their body. They're in so much shape. Oh, They're eating so well. And again. Is going to the gym bad? No. No. Is having a drink bad? No. No. But too much of either. Yep. And mm -hmm. and not even too much. Yes, certainly too much. But also the motivation for mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. The number of CEOs who are running, mm -hmm. running from their problems at home. The workaholics who pour mm -hmm. themselves into work because they don't want to go home. Mm -hmm. People that, you know, you hear some people say, oh, the gym is my sanctuary. Okay. I've never said that. <laughs> 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 well, we could well, we could talk about um, we could almost do an entire episode on mottos, lingo, whatever that do not apply to you, like runners high. Oh yeah, I've experienced it. Okay, when I did the the couch to five k. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah, <laughs> uh, getting the pump when you're at the gym and you get that and you feel like that. Pump. Not like Arnold. I haven't felt I haven't felt that good. No, but I mean guys who work out to like oh yeah. man, I gotta get a good pump in. Yeah. I gotta feel like no, I just feel weak and miserable. Like <laughs> I, I just never, never once. But that's not this night. So all of them are those are both um manifestations of escapism. You're trying to escape from it. One by numbing, one by per both the other two by performing. Neither are healthy. Uh why do we do this? What's well, control? It's numbing and it's distractions. It's, it's some and or all of each of those. And the ramifications, gosh, it all depends on which one we're talking about. But they're all bad. And they all can potentially destroy relationships. Oh, absolutely. Right. I think distractions is like a sneaky one in here on this list. Um, 
Because, you, you know, yeah, drink to numb or do drugs to numb or work to forget, you know, or do the gym to whatever. The, the distractions. Um, what a world of distractions we live in. What a, like when like you want to talk about people running from problems. Look at the world that we've created for ourselves. And that what is a problem isn't really a problem at all. Like that, the things we get outra- outraged over. Well, yeah, right. It, it's, it's it's a distraction a spir- in and of itself. It's, it's such a downward spiral. We're so hurt, so we create distractions which distract us more, which make us more angry about things that we fight about that we don't even need to be thinking about in the first place. You know, I I, I often look at the people that like they can't sit still and they're like always scrolling, always scrolling. Like if they have one free second, it's a scroll. It's like what? Stop! Like, I'm sorry, you can't stop. You know, well, and even like the subcultures that have popped up, you know, there's another little known podcast that Eric and I and Brian, you've listened to called No Agenda. And they were talking about how in New York City, the one guy that is a uh, he's on Twitch and uh, I can't remember his name, but he's like he's a big Twitch guy. But Caleb, I've never watched him. Caleb. Or, he's not so big. I've seen him. You know right. what I'm saying? But he, he put on a stream like, hey, I'm going to be in uh, Times Square or Central Park yeah, or whatever, somewhere in New York. and I'm going to give away a few systems, and mayhem ensued. And so they were talking about it, and of course the one guy didn't know who he was, and he's like, "What? They just watch video games?" Yeah, and he's like, "You have no idea have no how idea. much of an industry this is, and that you think about it's it, huge. It's it's so huge, and it's manipulated, and it's everything else." And he goes, "They don't care what's going on right now in the battle for Africa between Russia and China, and why the United States is not part of it." That, that's not even a thing. They're not worried about anything else right now because they've just sub uh, divided themselves into this passionate culture mm-hmm. and into this. And then, they, of course, they destroyed half of New York City. And the problem is proving it because how do you know it wasn't already destroyed? Hey-oh. Hey. Anyhow, oh. <laughs> shout, shot, fired. Yeah. Wait till New York tries to come back <laughs> at me. <laughs> so, yeah, it goes lots of bad places. And the typical solutions, like we talked about, especially in the last one, our medicines are treating the um, symptoms, but not the root causes. And that if it is rendered ineffective, even most counseling, you know, if you have so much trauma with your family, nobody here um, does this apply to. But if you had so much trauma that you went to literal what's called family therapy, they teach you how to manage the relationships in your family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if mom bothers you, if dad's always stopping over unannounced, if cousin Jimmy's drinking again, okay, well then let's not talk to cousin Jimmy uh, after 4 PM and let's make sure this and that. Okay. That's good, but it does nothing with the original hurts mm-hmm. that have driven you to this point. And there's psychotherapy and all the different therapies that are out there. Again, I'm not against therapy. I'm telling you, they don't take away the original pain. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. They don't heal the original hurt. Right. Just like... Uh, like behavioral to- therapy. You can change your behavior, but the ultimate hurt that is that was causing that behavior is it's not... still there. Right. Cognitive behavioral therapy. Yes, that's, yeah, that's the word. Use your brain yeah. to think differently mm-hmm. about this pain, and how can you use it to your advantage? Great. Guess what's still there, though? The pain. Right. And the only way is true... Biblical Romans twelve fifteen, uh, emotionally focused therapy. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Okay, that's not so much getting rid of pain, but mourn with those who mourn. And if you want to do research on it, it's called emotionally focused therapy. 
And in its simplest um, proofs or evidence, and I do mean simplest, rudimentary, when you tell a story about a painful moment, tra- traumatic or just bothersome, you get that pit in your stomach. You get that little gulp in your throat. You get that sear of your forehead. When you share that with a trusted loved one who then also joins you in whatever emotion you're experiencing and they they care enough about you, they have the insight to understand you and they join you and they feel that with you. The next time you tell the story of that pain, of that moment, mm-hmm. you will remember the pain, but you will also remember you will not be able to detach the memory of that person joining you in that emotion. So that comfort them joining, mourning with you when you mourned or raging with you when you raged <laughs> or being sad with you when you were sad, whatever it is, right. that is now forever attached to the pain and to the trauma and it doesn't hurt anymore. You cognitively remember it, but the hurt is gone. Right. So let me ask you this. A lot of us remember very significant hurts. Um, I would say all of us, unless you're completely detached, but well, go on. Yeah, all of us remember very significant hurts or very profound moments. What do you do to dig through to heal the hurts that you can't even remember happening? Like, they're just buried in there, right? And you know that they're still hurting you. Mm-hmm. What do you do about that? What I would encourage somebody to do in that situation is go through the um, manageable hurts, for lack of a better term. Okay, I don't remember something. I know something bad happened when I was five. Mm-hmm. I can't remember anything before five. But but like you said, your brain, and again, the body keeps the score, talks about this great, that it's a safety mechanism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like your body went, well, yeah. we're not doing that. We're well, not going to fling that door open. Okay, but you might open the door to the hallway that attaches to that room. Mm-hmm. And now we can walk down that hallway a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so you go, you have to heal the other hurts to the point where you're ready to go into that. Hurt. And again, in no way, shape or form, am I in giving medical advice to anybody? I'm speaking in general, mm-hmm. how this works so that the more we get ahead of these things, the more that you can sit down with your spouse and say, you know what? Tell me more about getting bullied when you were in, fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that time your dad didn't come home so that we don't get to the point where we are in need of unbelievably intense therapy. But to, to your point, it's just like anything else. It's not a rip the bandaid off moment. Right. Because right. what, what happens when we rip a bandaid off? It bleeds. It, yeah. <laughs> right. You've ripped the scab off. The scab's there for a healing. Mm-hmm. You might want to put a little ointment on it. Right. You know, you might want to take around it. But I would work backwards to the more painful memories. And that's what good therapy that you is. Can, that you can remember you off can the top remember of your head. You can remember and right. handle. That's what good therapy is over a long period right. of time. Well, and I've had times where like, I've talked about something and then like, oh, now I remember this thing that happened on the side well, that was like, yeah. I think it's amazing. Like, so I, you know, I have two kids, Ethan and Abby. Abby's younger, Ethan's older. He's the big brother, she's the little sister. I think it's amazing to watch just the trajectory of their 15 or 16 and 11 years together, seeing so many little moments where, like, oh, that's a paper cut, bud, that you just gave her. Oh, that's a little bit of a, a deeper slice that you just, you know, gave him, Abby. And they're still so young in their life. And all, but all those things hurt. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're all hurts that are constantly compiling, even if they're small or there's some bigger ones. 
And then you talk about you get to age 50, 55, you know, and, and like if you haven't started working on healing hurts or even if you have like just the staggering amount of hurts that I've seen my kids give each other in the short amount of time. And then we think about us as adults. It, it, it's just mind blowing. And then there's so many that you forget that you're still bleeding, you know, like you're still bleeding and it all does add and up. You might be susceptible to bigger wounds. Uh -huh. Actually, no, you are susceptible to bigger wounds that may not affect me. Right. Oh boy, they're going to affect you. Right. And so it's not a big deal. You know, I talked about that also. Like, you don't get to decide right. what somebody else's pain level should be. Right. Right. So my point is, my like, the point is, it's just, it. it is staggering to know that we have been hurt so many times in our life. Little, tiny hurts, big, gigantic shotgun wounds, and um, how quickly those can affect your cup and how sneaky they can be. To get you to the point where you do start sabotaging, sabotaging yourself and others. Well, I was going to say, there's probably some consistency to them as well. So you may not remember every single little tiny hurt, mm. like using Ethan and Abby as an example. Like if Ethan is, you know, bugging Abby or taking something and, and hurting her sense of security. The, right? best, the best is stop. Stop. Right. <laughs> Ethan, I heard it three times now. She, right. she shouldn't have to tell you stop three times. Right. So there's a consensus, a consistent, ugh, consistency. a consistency of what he's doing. Mm -hmm. So you'd be able to identify that, that larger consistency. Maybe not every, individual maybe not every occurrence. single individual. So here, one. Here's the bucket of this. Here's the bucket right. of so that. So you can right. figure out what it is. That's, and then that's a really good way to put that. And then how it impacts yeah. you later on in life as you get older. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yes, it is overwhelming. Yes, it is an, if you really think about it, it can be an unending mm -hmm. supply of hurts yeah. over the years. But the alternative is even more overwhelming. So yeah, of just leaving, leaving them sit there. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and it's crazy for me, you know, to sit there and well, stand there in front of a congregation of people. And I say, I don't care if you're 95 years old. You mm -hmm. can begin to heal from some of this. Yeah. And you just see different people's faces and you're like, you ain't listening you ain't listening you're like nope not me yep. not me and i'm like right and you're gonna be you but worse in the next 10 years if you mm -hmm. make it that long mm -hmm. so my encouragement is just begin get that trusted loved one work on it tell stories have them join you teach them be terrible at it um you know with tyler and kira my nephew and gonna be niece once they get married i guess I was going over this with them and teaching them literally how to comfort. And they were saying just how awkward it was mm -hmm. and how their inner monologue is like, you know, just flying. And then of course they tell me how they did and I tell them what they did well. And I point out what they did wrong. And they're like, I mean, does this get easier? And I'm like, Oh yeah. And you'll get better. If you just keep trying, mm -hmm. you'll learn it. You'll be like, Oh, that really helped me. Thank you. You know, right. but I want to point out what uh, your guy slash now our guy group pointed yes. out because it's important. It is important. And, you know, we talked about, you know, uh, maybe being addicted to alcohol or uh, drugs or, you know, some kind of substance abuse. Um, but, you know, in talking about the, the the streamer guy on Twitch that, you know, made that mm -hmm. call to people. But, the, like, a lot of people are so involved in video games that, like, that is the life that they live. And they just, they might have a job and they'll go to work, but then they'll come. Like, I've I've been that guy where I go to work, come home, get right on, you know. Um, and they just get to this escape 
and there's alternative universe. Yeah, and there's good things about being online, and there's bad, and you can create good relationships. That's why we created three day respawn dot com, and um, it's it is a true escape. You know, not a good one, but you know, at times it can be really, really bad, um, and uh, it's just like any of these other ones. It's it's a distraction. You know, it can, you know, if you're numb, you know, it's a really good distraction because I'm getting some attention for being this guy online, but you're not really getting like a really good relationship. That's why, like, I encourage, like, if there's anybody like in, in 3DR that wants to, you know, get involved, I always say, like, get involved in your local church. Like, it's cool that you're here and I love that you're here and I want you to be here. And like, we need people online to play with that are like minded and not, you know, jerks online, but like, get involved in relationships in real life, you know, mm-hmm. so you can have those real experiences and, and not lose your mind. Cause you know, it's, it is a, a big distraction. Games are supposed to be fun right. and they are fun and they should be fun, but there is an element of like, it can really take over. I remember watching Ethan. He went through a period, um, for probably a year or two. And it, it was amazing to see how you kind of lose a person, you mm-hmm. know, you lose such a, such it's almost like they become a ghost or you a know? bot. You're just like right. you go and you're just hitting the button, hitting the button, right? You know, you know. And it's been it's been great to see him over the past couple, of, you know, especially over the past year to really come out of his shell. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but doing uh, musicals yeah. and yeah, the but, church and all that, yeah, yeah. Well, and again, this is not a Christian podcast. It's a podcast done by Christians. But you know, we went back to alcohol. Is it evil? No. Is exercise evil? No. Are video games evil? No. <laughs> Exercise. <laughs> Sometimes it feels a little, a little evil. <laughs> Is it okay to be angry? Sure. You know, all of those things, they're okay. Too much of them as, uh, you know, does the enemy like to get a foothold and abuse and dis- <laughs> steal, kill, and destroy? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's his job. Is an unguarded strength a double weakness? Oh, yeah. Yep. All of those things are true, and that is the need for God in your life and as a filter and a lens and all of those things and the avenue towards healing. Um, so I, I thank you, Groot, for your words and your input there. Uh, it matters a lot to us, and we're glad you're engaged in that. And um, I, you know, just, I don't know if you explained three-day respawn well enough, but for a layman like myself, it is an online gaming community mm-hmm. where you can engage in, in very much, uh, if not filtered, structured mm-hmm. conversation that is safe, effective, yeah. and positive yeah. uh, in the very dark world of gaming. Yeah. And so certainly take a time, if you're a gamer, to look them up yeah. and, and to go from there. I actually played with Groot the other night. We played Halo. It was awesome. Oh. Halo, Halo. <laughs> That's a great game. Okay. It is a great game. The original? No, Halo Infinite. It's the, it's the newest edition, oh. but we were playing multiplayer. So. Did you finish it? I have not. Oh, you'd be funny. Yeah. Be, yeah, you're such a turd. Because <laughs> it's infinite. It's infinite. It's never ending. <laughs> we're snapping you, baby. We're moving. We're moving. Who's so, going to be Chris this week? The I'm moral sorry. of the story is this. <laughs> Recognize, hmm, I think my cup might be full. And then... Take the first steps towards healing in a true and helpful way. That'd be my encouragement. Mine too. And that's it for episode 211. Please make sure to give us a like or follow on social media and visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, take our relational needs questionnaire. Thanks for joining us at the table for Lunchtime in Rome. Bye.
We'll see you in two weeks because we won't be here next week. Bye. Watch <laughs> this, coach. Smack it over. Ow. So you become this emotional eunuch. Oh. Vanderscoot is actually pronounced <laughs> Jones. <laughs>